This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being, being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Valeria interviews Agapi Stasinopoulos, the author of Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life. Agapi Stasinopoulos is a best-selling author and speaker who inspires audiences around the world. In her previous book, Unbinding the Heart, a dose of Greek wisdom, generosity, and unconditional love, she shares the wisdom from her life's adventures and experiences. In her new book, Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life, she takes readers on a journey and inspires them to let go of what doesn't work and instead create the lives they really want. Agapi was trained in London at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art and then moved on to receive her master's degree in psychology from the University of Santa Monica. Her previous books on the Greek archetypes, Gods and Goddesses in Love, and Conversations with the Goddesses were turned into PBS specials. She is currently conducting workshops for Thrive Global, a company founded by her sister, Ariana Huffington, to help change the way we work and live. Agapi has spoken and conducted meditations at many organizations and companies, including L'Oreal, Accenture, SAP, LinkedIn, Pandora, Google, Nike, Weight Watchers, PepsiCo, Starbucks, Global Citizen Company, Museum of Modern Art, ABC Carpet and Home, Women's Health Magazine, Paul Mitchell, NYU, Jim Pess, and Hearst Communications, amongst many others. She brings home the importance of self-care, practicing gratitude, generosity, and self-love to enhance performance and productivity so we can experience happiness and fulfillment. She divides her time between New York and Los Angeles and was born and raised in Athens, Greece. To learn more about Agapi, please visit her website, wakeuptothejoyofyou.com. Here is the interview with Agapi Stasinopoulos. In your own words, who is Agapi Stasinopoulos? Boy, what a question to start with. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
for me, discovering who I truly am, it's been uh, a journey. It's been a real journey of uh, letting go of who I thought I was. I wrote in my book, Unbinding the Heart, which is um, my third book. My two first books were all about the Greek mythology. In Unbinding the Heart, I really talk about as a young girl coming to Los Angeles after living in London and graduating from the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts, finding out that uh, I needed to know God and my soul, and I had a spiritual yearning that was very deep. And uh, I had to discover that I was not just this Greek girl born in Greece and started acting, and I had this dream to become a well-known actress because I was very talented. And when I had a spiritual awakening which I very clearly described in Unbinding the Heart, a a moment of spiritual awakening, I realized that I was of spirit, that I was part of God as creation, and that I was a soul. With our personalities that we have, obviously what Valeria is, a girl from Brazil, and you have your story, and I have my story, And everybody who's listening, Valeria, has a story. But beyond the story is who we really are. And it is who we are is both very human, very vulnerable, and very miraculous. For me, my essence of who agape is, is love. Agape in Greek means unconditional love. You know, agape, agape. It's in every song. (laughs) That, for me, uh, has been discovering the path to love and the path to the open heart and the path to the innate joy that is in all of us. And that's why I absolutely love the title of your podcast, Fit for Joy, (laughs) right? Yes, and Fit for Joy is like, yes, let's be fit for joy. And, uh, and quest for well-being is what we all really are questing and want. So in, uh, in the essence of who is Agape, Agape is a human being that is very connected to her heart. And my joy for me is to connect to other people's hearts. Because then to me, I experience my oneness. And I experience my greater parts of myself that are connected to everything and everyone. How wonderful. Thank you, Agape. Before we talk about some of the topics in your book, Wake Up to the Joy of You, 52 Meditations and Practices for a Calmer, Happier Life. I have these warm-up questions, as I mentioned, off-record. (laughs) Yes. So for you, the first one had to be this one. What is life to you? For me, life in, in the way I describe it and I live it is the experience of being alive. So life is not in theory. My mother, Valeria, who was an amazing Greek wise woman, we were born and raised in Athens, Greece, always said loving is, it's not a verb, it's an adjective, loving. And life is living. So living is how do you experience your living 
your aliveness. That's what life is, because you can read uh, theses <laughs> in academia on life, but living is the actual participation and engagement in everyday life, every moment. Like right now, all that exists for me is speaking to you. Nothing else is happening, you know. And this moment is life because I bringing my heart to you, you're bringing your qualities, your intelligence, your gifts to me, and we're having a moment, hopefully, to be heard by many in the days to come who can also be part of this living moment that you and I are having. But where I feel we miss out is uh, we think too much. We're too much in our head. We're too much in our thoughts. I had a post today that said, Dear Valeria, this is God. I will not be needing your help today. I'll be handling all your problems. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. And, and I love this post, you know, like I put your name, dear Agapi or anybody. So it's like uh, that the life force who is breathing us right now is well and alive, and then we mess with it. You know, we mess with our heads. Beautifully said, yeah. I'm wondering if we can live this way, yeah, if that's possible to live in the heart all the time. The idea, I know they have this idea of balance, being always balanced. Do you think we can do this all the time, be in the heart? It's like, think of it this way. We have 28,000 breaths a day, and we never think of our breath. Because right now, let, let's say if I say to you and to everyone who's listening, focus on your breath and take a deep breath and let your breath fill your lungs. So right now we had five seconds of a conscious breath. So it is an intention of saying, I will focus on my breath. Therefore, I am now allowing that presence of my breath to take over. In the same way, I will focus on my heart. Now, you focus on your heart and you might say, I'm focusing on my heart, but I'm sad. And you go, okay, let's embrace the sadness. I'm focusing on my, on, on my heart, but I am worried or I am afraid or I am feeling uh, lacking something. And we go, okay, let's focus on that. Or I have feelings that are not expressed and and I have tears in me. And you go, great, let's focus on that. Because that is part of the heart. The heart is not just, oh, I feel fantastic and loving. Loving is opening up to say, I will be an amazingly gracious hostess to all parts of me. That's wonderful. I love this idea of intention. Yeah. Yeah, it's an intentional focus on my heart. And you say, you know, Valeria, I had this day where, you know, 10 hours I was all over the place. But I had one moment that I moved in my heart. And, you know, we're all uh, obsessing and, and worrying about time. Time is running out or I have to do this is more important than this. And you go... Come present in your heart and your heart will tell you what you need to do at each moment. Because in truth, Valeria, you could go to sleep tonight, I could go to sleep, and we could leave this body and be gone. We don't, we don't really know. And therefore, why waste your day 
not being fully present. Yeah. What a wonderful vision. You know, what I mean by fully present, you know, the other day I was brushing my teeth and I went, God, who made these teeth? (laughs) I mean, Valeria, could you make a tooth? I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, somebody You're made, funny, Kathy. you know, uh, who made these eyelashes? You know, you put a mascara in your eyelashes and you go, wow, man, this body is an absolutely complete miracle. Five toes. Why don't we have six toes in one foot and seven in another? No. Five toes on the left, five toes. Your fingers, five toes, five fingers, and they're all perfect, right? Look at your fingers right now. And you see how perfect the little finger is little. How come they're not even? I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea who designed this body so perfectly. Do you? No. That's, the, that's the, a wonderful mystery. <laughs> yeah. and, the, and, and your hair, your, your, your hair. Who made this, this hair? And, and the bones, the bones, the bones, my God, you go, who made bones? How did evolution happen? How did the miracle of who we are? And yet I could sit with people and feel separate and feel less than. Okay. What, how insane is that, that we do this to ourselves? You know, oh, I feel less than because you have more money or because you have positions or because you write books and I feel less than because I have these problems. Well, my God, what would happen if we opened up our humanity to each other and say, you know, you are a living miracle. I'm a living miracle. I have, I, I got some more opportunities. I got certain gifts, but so do you. Let me help find yours. That's how life works. You ask me, what is life? That is life when I use me to help you. I love that. That's where you experience the living truth of who we are. I love your wisdom. Thank you. So my, I have another question here about life, about the purpose of life. What do you think is the ultimate purpose of the human experience? Really, the ultimate purpose of the human experience is to wake up to itself in uh, one of my chapters called Finding Your Purpose in Wake Up to the Joy of You, I start by saying that I was talking to a young boy who was 16 years old. He's the son of a friend of mine. And uh, I asked him and I said, Michael, what do you think is the purpose of life? And he said, I think Agape, the purpose of life is to wake up. (laughs) And I said, exactly. Because really... We are asleep. We're all asleep, you know, on many levels. Waking up is, uh, I don't know if you've ever had that experience. I'm sure when you fell in love or you went, you're you working out and you're pushing yourself or you are running at the beach and you feel exhilarated and you feel, you feel you're awake, right? You feel like an energy in your body. That is life running through your veins and your body and and you start to feel that aliveness and to me the purpose is really to wake up to that however each person wakes up Valeria you know and in my chapter finding your calling I call it your purpose I have five questions 
which is basically every day you ask yourself or every week, what am I here to learn? Because we're all learning. What am I here to teach? What am I here to overcome? What am I here to complete? And what am I here to share? These are my five main questions. And am I enjoying my life? And if not now, when? And, and to me, that is like we're all teachers and we are all students. You know, and it's chapter 32 in my book, chapter 32, page 176. I'm looking at it as I speak to you now. I love that chapter because it really says, what am I here to learn? What am I here to teach? What am I here to overcome? What am I here to complete? What am I here to share and express? Ask, and I'm talking to your listeners now, ask yourselves these questions regularly uh, and take a moment to ask these questions and write them in your journal because these questions will lead you to your calling because all of us have a calling and the calling is human to everyone, which is my calling is to wake up to who I am and each person has a blueprint inside of them that is unique to them. Isn't that remarkable? So I, Agape did it the way Agape is doing it. I can share mine, but yours is unique to you. Everyone's unique. True. Yeah. Yes. And yeah, I have a question for you here. You mentioned the word, the title of your book has the word joy. So inside, so I love that word too, for some reason. So I have to ask you this question. What is joy to you and how is it different from happiness? I read something today, beautiful, in, in a post, somebody posted that happiness is not a destination, you know, and they live happily ever after. That happiness is this journey of that you travel by finding the things that you are engaged in, by forgiveness, by trusting, by creating the life you want, and uh, by creating the reality you want. And you find your happiness as you're doing all these things. It's like, again, like exercising. You always feel good afterwards. And you go, God, that felt really good. But then you have to do it the next day again. (laughs) And in the same way, Happiness is not a destination, but joy is embedded in in the heart and in the soul of who we are. And again, I have a chapter in the book called 43 called Awaken Your Joy. How you awaken your joy, as I said, Valeria, is by embracing everything that is going on. You know, every little thing that is going on that you are feeling You embrace it, and if you give it voice, underneath all that, you find your joy. Uh, There is a great quote by Hafiz, the mystic poet, that said, you carry all the ingredients to turn your existence into joy. Use them, use them. So use, but if you numb yourself to your upsetness or to your sadness, you're going to numb yourself to your joy. And I, I, I wrote something here that says, Um, you can't choose to just feel joy. You need to express all those other feelings. If I numb myself to negative feelings, I will numb myself to joy. Yeah, not pushing away humanity, right? Our humanity. Our humanity, exactly, exactly. Because we judge it, Valeria, we judge it. And we say, oh, I'm a 
you know, I, I, I shouldn't be feeling this way. You know, if you're down, you're down. But there's a part of you that's up. Mm, right. <laughs> that needs to be discovered, you know? right, within them. Exactly. Exactly. So I have another question for you about, um, I think I asked some of my guests, some of them, not all of them. I'll ask you, do you see any difference between being calm and being peaceful? Um, I think I, I love the word calm. I mean, imagine that uh, if you are in a lake and the, and the lake is very calm and the waters are like very calm waters, but it, that those calm waters create a sense of peace. And a sense of peace is a sense of being positively engaged in your life. So let's say the opposite of peace is disturbance. When you are disturbed emotionally, uh, there is a turbulence in the ocean, in the water. When you are at peace, uh, you are in harmony you with your emotions and your thoughts and your body. And it's very, when I, I speak, you know, in um, groups of people, I ask them what they want more of. And the first thing that people say is, I want to be at peace. I mean, I think you find your peace by being present in your heart, like, Again, uh, if now I said, Valeria, focus on your breath and let your breath come in naturally and focus as your breath come in and then let the breath go out and feel your breath going out and just feel your breath coming in again like a wave and then feel the breath going out. So as you come into your breath, you embrace this wave of peace and as you let the breath go, you can let go of the disturbance. It's so powerful, that breathing. It's amazing how we forget about it. <laughs> well, that's it. I think that's what we talk about um, being asleep. Yeah. You know, we forget about the breath because there is thoughts all the time telling us, do this or do that, or you're not this, you're not enough, you're not worthy, you, you messed up, you're a failure. How come you don't know that? You'll never amount to anything. You know, critical voice makes us very, very disturbed. What's going to happen? I'm worried. And then we never come to the place, I am safe, I am complete, I am whole, I am protected, I am loved, I am embraced, I am at peace, I am a creator of life, I am co-creating my life. As I walk, I allow my breath to be relaxed. I, I am relaxed. Solutions come into my, my consciousness about everything. I'm never alone. The presence that created me, the power that created me is with me right now. And I am embracing it. I ask for assistance. I receive. I receive. I receive. See, I just made that. Just made all that up. <laughs> that was a beautiful meditation. Yeah. Just for mm. you. How wonderful! So I have two questions here related to being a female in a human body. What do you love most about being a woman? That I can cry easily. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's great. You know, men, they always yeah. tell men, "Don't cry. You're a man. You're a strong man." I can cry and feel, I can cry, I can cry and feel fantastic. You know, I wrote a book about 
the Greek goddesses, and it was so wonderful, conversations with the goddesses. Oh, my God, it was such a wonderful book. People can get it secondhand, and I talk about the seven goddesses, the beauty of Aphrodite, the independence and the focus and feisty spirit of Artemis, uh, the nurturing of Demeter, the partnerships of Hera, the transformation and qualities of depth to Persephone, the wisdom and strategist of Athena, and uh, the amazing uh, power of, uh, I said, Hera and uh, Artemis. I'm, I think I'm forgetting one goddess, which will kill me. Aphrodite <laughs> <laughs> and, and, uh, and Athena and Demeter and Persephone. I think I got them all, don't I? I, I wouldn't yes, know. the seven goddesses. I wish I would know, yeah, them. I need to study that. <laughs> so, you know, these are qualities of, of the goddesses that I loved. And I for years I did, you know, an incredible... Uh, seminars and work with them about the feminine archetype, the power of the feminine is uh, extraordinary because we are nurturers. You know, nurturing is the quality of the feminine. And I do have another question for you here about being a woman. What is the most challenging aspect about being a woman, in your opinion? I think as women, we are been taught not to assert ourselves because we'll be called bossy or bitchy or too domineering. And uh, so for me, it's like finding the aspect of yourself that is your strength, your your uh, male qualities, you know, and the more um, qualities about asserting your power because there is a lot of conditioning. Oh, you shouldn't be as powerful. You need a man to take care of you. You need a man to love you. You need a man to cherish you. You need a man. You don't need a man for that. You you don't need a man. You you decide to be in partnerships, in relationships, because they enhance living and sharing and your heart. And men bring qualities to you that are uh, different from the ones you have. But this whole thing of women, you know, Valeria, oh, you need a man. You need a man. You don't have a man? Oh, my God. What are you going to do? You know? It's really, it's been really uh, a very erroneous way to condition yourself. That's a good point. Yeah, I remember my mother saying that when I was not with a man. She would say that to me constantly. Oh, you need a man. You need a man. I remember really? that. Yeah. So that's the old way of thinking, right? Yes, mm. exactly. Interesting. So I, I have another question for you. We're almost at the end of the warm-up questions about freedom. What is the meaning of freedom to you, Agapi? And what is to be free? First of all, I think here in the Western culture, we have tremendous amount of freedoms and choices. You know, just even the fact that we can vote and express our, our political views and, and opinions and uh, we can make choices in so many areas of our lives. But to me, freedom right now, uh, because, you know, we're going through this uh, uh, epidemic and this pandemic that we have um, and this incredible unknown that the virus has created for all of us, it can feel very restricted to our freedom. Like, you know, oh, you can't go out without a mask and uh, you have to social distance and you can't have parties and you can't go to the movies or the theaters or the or dinners and you everything in our world seems to be contracting, you know, restricting our freedom. 
to me, again, it's more like I choose to cooperate with what's going on. That choice gives me freedom. If I'm a victim to what's going on, I'm going to feel imprisoned. True. So, so freedom is really not feeling like a victim, that these other people are doing it to you, but instead saying, this is a situation that I have no control over. How can I choose, choose it and make it possible for me to function and to be creative in a time that it can feel very restricting? I love this uh, state of mind that's so empowering, right? doing something about it, not complaining about it. Right? Exactly. Or doing, or doing nothing about it, saying, you know, right now I'm okay and uh, there's nothing I can do about it. Yeah, right. I mean, if I could discover yeah. the vaccine, I would. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah, that's wisdom itself. So in speaking of the current situation, let me ask you this question. What do you think is the world's greatest need at this time? I think it's uh, really, uh, again, choosing to cooperate with what is, doing the things to protect yourself and to take care of each other, whatever that is. I mean, it's like if it says, if you go out with a mask, it's a good thing to do because you are protecting yourself and other people. And you do that. You just do that. And if, you know, if you know, walking in distance and or not going out to restaurants. You just do those things that are really going to help you and humanity in your own little way. And then uh, a lot of it is about finding deeper parts of ourselves, going deeper, going more connected to our inner world and being uh, more optimistic and finding your meditations and your prayers. I'm writing a book about prayer and finding your center and your core so that you can help yourself getting enough sleep. You know, a lot of people say to me, oh, I started drinking more. Well, what's your drinking? You know, because that's also numbing yourself. It's like, don't go for more walks. Like you said to me before when we're talking, oh, I'm in nature. I go for walks by the ocean. You're not uh, trying to escape yeah, from whatever we are. Uh feeling right yes exactly working out sweating reading uplifting things reading uh, reading writing keeping a journal with your thoughts there are so many amazing writers the poets Rumi, Hafiz, Kabir the mystic poets Shakespeare watching uh, you can watch all these Shakespeare movies with Kenneth Branagh that I think are, I'm, you know, I'm a Shakespeare sure. lover, you know, uh, watching uh, actors who are demonstrating fantastic monologues, uh, you know, watching fun movies, uh, interacting with your loved ones, uh, really not taking them for granted. Don't say, oh, well, here's my husband, here's my wife again. Oh, I saw them yesterday, the day before. Like, don't take things for granted. Beautiful message. And I have one more question for you, warm-up question, and this has to do with God. What, where, and who is God to you, Agape? Well, as I said before, there is no way. My mother, I will tell you my favorite quote. When I was a little girl, my mother would say, know yourself and know something larger than yourself. And larger than yourself to me is that what we call God, 
which is the presence, the miraculous, the extraordinary mystery of life. And um, if anybody can describe God, then they don't know God because no one in this limited amount of words that we have and the mind and the presence is like, there's a great quote that um, a writer said, God is not a being, it's a state of being. It is a state of being that you can experience, I can experience, available to every single human being 24-7. But we have to go there. And we have to let go of the definition. And it's like if I said to you, what is water? You can say, well, it's a 2.0, but what does that mean? I mean, if you're thirsty, why would it be good for you if you read a book about water? What would make it look good for you and feel good is to pick up a glass and have a glass, or somebody gives you a glass of water, and you go, my God, now I know what water is. I can't describe it. I don't care if I know the elements. What it is is an experience of quenching your thirst. And it's the same thing with the presence of God. It's like you have to go beyond the theory and the words into the presence. Heaven is not a location. Heaven is a vibration. And in order to go to the presence, you have to attune your instrument. If you're too fast, if you are constantly thinking or judging, you can't experience heaven. Or heaven can be right here in our silence. And when we get quiet and we go back to the breath and we surrender and we say, in the depths of our heart, show me who I am. Show me the beloved in me. Show me, show me, please show me. And you ask this day after day, that's what devotion is. And you pray and you meditate, whether you meditate with the sound peace or love or openness or miracles or whatever, find the word om, hue, I do the hue. H-U is a Sanskrit uh, word that means God. And if I just today, right, if you just go and then you become quiet and you go quiet and the more quiet you go the more presence you have I love love your wisdom I love your words. Thank I love you. everything. Thank you, sweetheart. That's powerful. God's not a being. God is a state of being. Right. Yes. So and and I let and I and I want to ask your listeners to really reflect on that because when I read it, I felt, wow, yes, it's a state of being. It's not like, oh God help me. No, when you're saying I receive your you are praying to the higher power that created the oceans and the trees and these miracles of planets and the sun. Do you ever wonder how the hell the sun is made? (laughs) I mean, did you know that everything around us is a miracle? Yeah, so true, so true. Oh, my God, yeah. So how did you become a writer, Agape? It's a very uh, interesting, sweet story. I was performing with the gods and goddesses. I was performing the archetypes and my, based on uh, this show, one woman show that I had created. And uh, a publisher, friend of a friend, came to see my performance and she said, 
well, you should do a book on this. And I said, oh, I don't know how to write. And uh, I don't write. And she said, well, just uh, take all your words and your wisdom from your play and put them in, in, in words and put it in writing. I said, well, I have a script. They said, well, that's a good start. And uh, I, she introduced me to a woman who was putting books together uh, on collages of, you know, words and pictures. And, and this woman started to mentor me of how to structure a book. And we took the seven goddesses and uh, we started to structure them. Uh, and we started to structure the myths and what they symbolized and their symbols and uh, places from... Uh, monologues from history and plays that represented them. And bef- I mean, it took a lot, a lot of focus. Let me just tell you, every day I started to focus on this book and focus on this book and I hired somebody that I was dictating. And a year later, I, I mean, I had a propose, I had a proposal and a book. The book was published and I felt, oh my God, I can now do books. <laughs> But what I want to emphasize, Valeria, is that it was, um, it's like, how do you build biceps? How do you build abs? How do you build your muscles? I just trained myself every day. Um, and, and she was right there with me, a coach. She was like a mentor for helping me know how do you structure a book. And then I wrote a second book on the gods and goddesses. And then one day I decided to tell my story of how I found myself and I, I wrote Unbinding the Heart. I highly recommend this book. It's available on Amazon. Uh, a Dose of Greek Wisdom, Generosity and Unconditional Love. And uh, that book changed my life and many people's lives. It's an extraordinary book of uh, 32 stories about becoming. Very, 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 very real. Very real, very open, very transparent. And uh, I dictated my book because I dictate, I speak my book like I'm speaking to you now. Somebody took notes and I hired an editor. I sold my book to a wonderful publisher. And now, uh, and then I did Wake Up to the Joy of You. And now writing books is much easier because I know how to do it. Yeah. What a wonderful experience, isn't it, Agape? I love writing too. So I have questions for you. Yeah, I'd like to know more about, we'll talk to you for a moment. I think we have been talking for a while about self-love, but I wanted to ask you this question. Do you believe in unconditional self-love? And if you do, what is it? What does it look like when we are there? The unconditional love uh, really is a, a journey. And it's really accepting all parts of you as they come up. It's not, again, theory, you know, I love myself. It's accepting yourself in who you are and then loving yourself through it by actions. Like if cleaning my room and throwing out old papers and dusting my room and vacuuming my room and making my bed uh, and, and buying myself beautiful things to wear and when I put on my makeup or I, I I comb my hair or when I take my self-exercising or when I talk to the people I love, when I do creative things, when I'm learning new things, when I uh, go for walks. I mean, all these things are consistent of a, a human being that loves itself. 
when you receive love, when you give love to others, it's not um, a solitary, but it's more how are you going to be with yourself when you are having a hard time? How are you going to be with yourself when you're feeling lonely? How are you going to be with yourself when you feel separate or you feel sad or you feel unhappy? How are you, that, how you are with yourself is your transformation to love. It sounds like being our own best friend. Being your own best friend, absolutely. It's like love yourself as if you were someone unexpressively dear to you. How would you do? I mean, if you're a mother, how would you love your child? You know, finding those tender spaces inside of us. You know what I mean? And that makes me think about this balance, I guess, between taking care of ourselves, loving ourselves, and at the same time, caring for others, making sure we are not doing too much or trying too hard to please others and make them happy. And also something that I read in your book, I didn't read your book completely, all the book, but you mentioned something about not trying to make others happy or just being happy when others are happy. Yes, yes. Or, or, and, and listen, Valeria, and when others are unhappy, letting them, like, I don't have to be unhappy because others are unhappy. You know what I mean? That's a tough one. <laughs> it's like if others are unhappy, yeah. If others are unhappy, I don't have to fix it. I love the way you say it. There's a chapter in your book. I didn't read that, but that inspired me. Four magic words. How can you help me? Because usually we think, how can I help all the time, especially as women, right? Yes, exactly. And that's just really part of what we talked about before. It's like, how can I receive? And other people are not mind readers, you know, you can, you have to ask them and say, can you help me? Can you help me with uh, this? Can you help me with, uh, let's say I want to lose weight. Can you help me find a program that works for me? And saying, what do you eat? How do you eat? Not, I don't want a food program or, or I want you to help me uh, understand something or I want you to help me express myself or I'm looking for a new job, or I got fired, uh, or my, my finances are terrible. Can you help me? Can you help me uh, create a budget? Can you help me apply for a mortgage, for a loan? Can you help me find a plumber? My kitchen uh, sink is not working. I mean, it can be anything. Do you know what I mean? It's like, ah, like I said to this woman, said you should write a book. And I said, well, can you help me? I don't know how to write a book. I said, I know somebody who can help you. So it, people uh, around us can become a source of enrichment of our lives. But ask people, not out of need, oh, can you help me because I'm so helpless and I'm such a loser, can you help me? No, can you help me because I deserve to be helped. Right. It's almost in a way, can you join me? Oh, can we grow this together? Can we make something together? I love this idea of creating those yes. big, having these big ideas and then exactly. right, having others to join me to make this, manifest this in the world. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because ultimately, you know, we all want to uh, feel good in our day. You know, we want to feel productive. We want to feel creative. We want to feel we matter. 
we want to feel we we belong, we want to feel safe, and we want to feel, hey, you know, I can make things happen in my life. I can create wonderful things in my life, in who I am, you know. And we're almost at the end. We have not talked about meditation. And I have to ask you this question before uh, my final questions. How did you discover meditation and what is meditation? Um, I discovered meditation because my mother, uh, when I was a teenager, taught me how to meditate through a teacher of transcendental meditations. And it was um, absolutely wonderful. It's just that I didn't want to do it being a teenager. I wanted to have fun, right. you know, and I didn't think meditation. And later in my life, I met my spiritual teacher in Los Angeles called John Roger. I studied with the Movement of Spiritual Inner Awareness. They're based in Los Angeles, and if people want to find out more about it, they can go into msia.org. And I started to meditate um, and listen to seminars, and I found uh, a peace and a calmness and a connection to God that was really profound. Then I continued, and then I started to uh, create my own guided meditations. And these guided meditations were part of my book, Wake Up to the Joy of You. You can download them on Audible, 33 guided meditations. And uh, I give about seven or eight for them for free. So if people um, send me a private email at agapi, A-G-A-P-I, at unbindingtheheart.com, unbindingtheheart.com, I will send you my meditations as a gift. And if you want, you can download more. um, Meditation to me is uh, a way to go deeper beyond your personality, your thoughts, and your emotions, and to find that centered place. It's, It's like I call it the eye of the hurricane, to find that place that is quiet, that is still, and it is connected to the universal power, to the universal force, to the universal intelligence. So the more you do it, the more you go into your beingness. You you kind of break through the frontiers of the illusion of materiality and the, and the physical reality into the spiritual reality of who you are. It, it is visceral, it is real, it is like, wow. And you, the more you get there, you go, Wow, wow, wow. And it is like vistas can open to you, but you have to be disciplined, devoted, and committed to make the difference. It's not going to happen, oh, well, I just meditated for 20 minutes and I was so restless and I kept thinking about my laundry and my bills and what I didn't say to my husband or or why my uh, my kids were crying and I, and I can't do it and I can't meditate. And it's like, that is insane. You know, it doesn't work that way. It, you know, it's like you have to devote moments and moments. And there are many apps now, you know, through digital apps now that you can download. As I said, I'll send you mine. You can go to msia.org and, and download tons of meditations for free. Uh, there is resources there, but it is a, it is a gift to yourself to start meditating. And uh, and we can even do a few moments now where uh, let me know when you're wrapping up and I will do like one minute of meditation and to tell yourself, if I can breathe, I can meditate. Mm. We can do it now, Agapia. I'm ready. Yes. yes. So everybody, 
uh, allow yourself to take a deep breath and make this breath as long, fill your lungs, fill your breath coming up to your spine, to your head, all the way down to your feet. And as you exhale, please exhale your concerns, your fears, your yesterdays a minute ago and come present in your breath and focus in your breath and focus that the breath is coming in through your nose and the breath is going out through your mouth and the breath is coming in through the nose and the breath is going out through the mouth and it's long and it's deep and now we are going to chant three hues and the hue which means Sanskrit it means in Sanskrit God Focus on your third eye, which is right in between your uh, two eyebrows in the middle, uh, the top of your nose. And right there, you can take your finger and tap your third eye. That is, is called in Sanskrit, it is the third eye. It is where the eye of God can look through you. And it is described as the spiritual eye. And focus, and we, as we chant Hugh, imagine yourself inside a powerful, beautiful golden pyramid. And because a pyramid carries energy and power. And as we breathe in, and we go, The breath go and take one more breath and we chant and take one more breath feel how wonderful it is that you have your breath and you're being breathed. Be grateful for your breath, for your life. And remember that gratitude is the greatest compass, is the greatest direction to the expansion of your life. And the more grat gratefulness you're experiencing and not taking anything for granted, uh, it is your birthright to feel good, to be happy, to not compare yourself to anyone, to ask for, your, for help, and to rejoice in, in who you are and, and give yourself of your own loving. Do not postpone loving yourself. Mm, beautiful. I love the way you say you're being breathed. <laughs> like, being breathed, uh, yes. Uh, now we, don't, we, can't, we can't stop our breath. And we can't make our breath happen. Yeah. So I have two more questions for you. If you knew you would die soon, meaning leaving the body, would you make any change in your life or do anything differently? I think I would just love myself more. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good goal. <laughs> I love that answer and fast too. Uh, one more question. What are three things about life you know for sure as of now? 
Um, what I know for sure is that we have no control <laughs> about what's yeah. going to happen or how things are. Uh, very little control, so we might as well give it up. What I know for sure is that love wins always, and love is a vulnerable state of mind, but it is mighty. And what I know for sure is that um, possibilities are endless, and that the more we ask, the more we pray, the more humble we are in our prayers, the more miracles can happen. Mm, wonderful. Thank you so much again, Agape, for your profound wisdom and your beautiful presence. Thank you. Thank you, Valeria. Thank you so much for your tenderness and your uh, way of listening and honoring uh, me and my work. I so appreciate it. And I send out waves of good, positive energy to all your listeners. And as I said, do reach out and uh, connect. Uh, be happy to support. We're all in this together. We are all amazing human beings and we need each other. And thank you for your work and uh, your wonderful contribution to the well-being of all of us. Thank you. I have one more technical question. Where can we find more information about you, your books, products, services, and future projects? Well, uh, Wake Up to the Joy of You is my website. Wake Up to the Joy of You. You can follow me on Instagram at AgapeCs. I put a lot of inspirational content. And my books are on Amazon. Um, you can get them on Amazon, uh, Unbinding the Heart, Wake Up to the Joy of You. And uh, if you subscribe through my website in my newsletter, you will receive my blogs that I send out regularly. And if you send me an email agapi at unbindingtheheart.com I will uh, send you my meditations as I said and you can subscribe to my newsletter and uh, wake up to the joy of you.com is uh, my website please join me wonderful thank you so much again agapi and we'll talk soon bye Thank you for listening. To learn more about Agapi Stasinopoulos, please visit her website, wakeuptothejoyofyou.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. I want to thank the Patreon members, Lawrence McGrath, Mark Basden, Terry Clayton, and Aidan Vickrock. Thank you again for listening, and bye for now. Mm-hmm.